0: the world yeah I'm with the world yeah I want it all said I'm with the world yeah I'm with the world I'm coming it. don't care what you heard don't care what you heard I'm taking it all because I'm, yeah, I'm with the world yeah I'm with the world yeah I'm with the world it's the best in the game best in the beat that time and you know what it is Coming from Brooklyn, bringing that truth Never gonna lie, never gonna lose Always on top, keeping it steady He'll make you tap out and you won't be ready He got the suplex, breaking your back Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz Had my father known what I was going to do He never would have sold his stock to me Unquote Welcome to the Taz Show, ladies and gentlemen. I am Taz, and uh, welcome to the podcast version, Gimmick Schnabitz-Fernum, as we call the uh, Taz Show. And that quote, I will get into in a second. Uh, who that's from, some of you might know. Um, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Taz Show. I appreciate it. Uh, you're doing that on iTunes or Radio.com or Spotify or um, uh, well, Apple Podcast is the, the, the what the cool kids say now. I think I've been over this uh, somewhere, either on Taz and Moose or on the Taz Show. It's really not iTunes, I guess. It's Apple Podcasts, but I digress. Wherever you get your podcast and you're listening to this show or any of my content, I very much appreciate it um you know been going uh strong for uh several years now and uh you know well over 560 episodes so it's very much appreciated and because you know you guys give a lot of support and without you guys there is no uh Taz show so and you guys know i'm sincere about that and i have tell you guys guys that a lot and i feel like i never could tell you enough but uh anyways this uh episode is gonna be pretty fun it's gonna be pretty cool um uh, that quote that I read uh, was from Vince McMahon, uh, and you know, he said that to Sports Illustrated in 1991, and I'll read it again, so maybe you could just grasp in what I'm uh, what I'm going to get into here. Quote, had my father known what I was going to do, he never would have sold his stock to me, unquote. So that's from McMahon. Um, so yeah, that's what kind of uh, I want to talk about a little bit here uh, on this episode is what happens if Vince McMahon... Junior, that is, uh, our Vince, the Vince we know of. Uh, you're fired, that Vince. What if Vince McMahon does not invest in his dad's company back in the day? What if Vince McMahon does not take over the WWF in 1982? Because that's when he acquired the whole promotion, okay, from his dad, Vince McMahon Sr. So uh, what would happen, right? What would happen? What, what would happen? What would the wrestling business be like today, would the wrestling business be around? You know, would there be a wrestling business, right? You know, <clears throat> would it be as massive as it is? Would it be that Fox TV is cutting billion-dollar deals for, for WWE content on television or USA Network uh, through NBC Universal is on the cusp of cutting a billion-dollar deal for for Monday Night Raw, you know? So, so well, would this all happen? Would it not? Yada, yada. So I'm going to get into uh, all that in this episode. So because it's a lot of questions, it's... Um, it's definitely something to ponder, something to think about. I guess kind of like a what if situation. What what? What? Huh? Huh? What? What? Three, two, one. What if? What if? What if? What? If, ah, what if, what if, Exactly. So what would what, what would happen? You know, what if that was a situation? What if what if Vince Jr. does not grab the company? From his dad in 1982, so uh, we'll get into that, and also a little later on in this episode of the Taz Show, I want to talk about some of the current or for the past several years they've been around, but some of the hotter independent promotions. Because uh, we put out a tweet and uh, and got some feedback from you guys on what are, what, what what are some promotions that basically uh, I don't want to say which one would be the one that could. Kind of dominate like in the early '80s that Vince McMahon did with WWF, turning into WWE. What could potentially do something like that? You know what? What type of promotion could be so different that they could be? You know, we've heard for so long, and I was there for a lot of it. Uh, that TNA was uh, back in the day, Impact Wrestling. Now that they were they were scratching at the at the feet of WWE, and they're going to take over. And they got a chance. And and you know, then we were doing Monday Night's Live when. A couple like one or two, I don't even remember how many it was, but when Vince was um uh, you know still doing raw and, and like he is still doing raw now. And even before that, the Monday night wars that you know um WCW was gonna take down uh, and was beating uh Vince McMahon and, and at the, with Eric Bischoff at the helm and we know all that and, and and Vince and WWE won, obviously. So and as far as if there was any uh you know TNA uh, fear of WWE that TNA could take over or, or be the t- dominant wrestling promotion, the alpha wrestling promotion, you know, well, Vince won that too, so, uh, but, but, but yeah, I want to get into that later on, like some of the you know, other promotions of today besides WWE, and, and let's just call NXT as WWE, so most of you guys know that. So I'll get into some of that and, and chat up a little bit about just as an overview, the Ring of Honor's of the world and PWG and New Japan's and and MLWs and Progress in the UK and and stuff like this. So just uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. But I'll do that later on. But so like the thing is uh, uh, with 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 Vince, right? Um, uh, with Vince, what happened in the early eighties, you know. See, so like the way it was, for those that don't know, and most of you guys might know this, some of you guys might not. The way it was uh, many years ago was, uh, you know, there were wrestling territories, right? So again, if some of you guys know this, just you and me, just give me a second to explain to maybe some that don't know. There were different wrestling promotions, small, I guess you could call them you know, independent promotions. They were called territories that were. All over the United States and and in Canada and and stuff like that and and, and Mexico had them I and mean, wherever Puerto Rico. But let's just focus, for argument's sake, in the United States. There were there were uh, you know twenty to twenty five thirty you know something like that. I mean, small territories, and each of these territories had an owner, you know, a promoter, a Vince McMahon per se, uh, someone who was running the company, who owned the company, or, or put a booker in charge of that territory and what they did was all those territories they um they respected each other to the sense of that they would not raid each other's talent they would not take talent off of so if i was running the promotion in georgia um and hypothetically you whoever you are listening to this right now were running the promotion in you know in in texas or in dallas and i was running a promotion in atlanta okay I wouldn't try to, you know, grab any of your talent. Um, if I did want any of your talent, I would talk to you, and we would trade talent, and you would say, okay, look, if you want this guy, I can give you this guy, yada, yada. But I want this guy, you know, so we would trade. And it was all done through respect, and it was a a code uh, that these guys had amongst each other um, throughout the United States. And they, they never really... Um, they never really bowed over each other. They never did that. They never really. They usually tried not to swerve each other. You know, well, when Vince McMahon Jr. Now, by the way, Vince McMahon Sr. was in the same realm. He he ran a territory called New York. I mean, it was WWF, right? W W W F, but it was called New York, and that's what insiders in the business or wrestlers, the promoters would would name would call a lot of these promotions. Well a lot of times by the city or the state or whatever, and that's what they would call them. So Vince Sr. had New York, but which that means he ran New York mostly, New Jersey, obviously, Connecticut, most of New, I think just about all of New England. Now, I wasn't wrestling at this time. This was before my time, but I broke in kind of at the tail end of this whole thing. I broke into the business when this thing was really just about dying dead. I mean, because by the late 80s, um, just about all these territories, the real territories with Dunsky, um, well, not late eighties. That's, I might be wrong in that. I'm, i it might be more of mid, mid eighties. Let's just think I broke in in 87, 86, something like that. And these things were kind of starting to die down a little bit, heavy, heavy duty. I didn't get a chance to, um, be part of these, these territories and make the money that some of the wrestlers made, um. But it was cool, just, just real quick. So it was cool the way the territories were done back then, okay, in the 70s and, and stuff like that, and in the, the very early 80s. And, you know, it was cool the way it was done because, like, if a guy was getting stale somewhere, they could switch, you know. So if I was running Tampa and, you know, you were Vince Sr. running New York, I'd say, hey, I got a guy that, you know what, he's been to the top. He's been pushing them. All these little towns we're in, um, everything's going great, but we're at a point where we really can't get them over anymore. So, hey, what do you think? Let's let freshen up the the cupboard and let's, you know, what do you think, Vince Sr.? Can you give me a guy? I'll give you this guy. Yeah, sounds good. I got a guy in the same situation. Let's swap it up. <laughs> and that's what used to happen. Now, a couple things about that. Just putting Vince McMahon Jr., the current Vince, aside for a second. Um, you know. <sighs> It was cool for the wrestlers because they would, they really never got a chance to overstay their welcome creatively in front of the audience. But it sucked for the wrestlers because if they enjoyed living in that area and working in that territory, let's say they were starting a family or had a family or just liked being there, you know, then it was like, it's just like a a baseball player in the minor leagues or a baseball player. Yeah, I guess a minor league baseball player, if a guy gets. Traded to a different minor league system through the through the major league baseball system, you know, you you have not much to say. All right, well, I I I love playing here in Greensboro, but you know, uh, as a baseball player, but not. Well, I just got told, uh, yeah, I've been here for two years and I've been doing well, and I haven't got moved up to the show. Means that means the major leagues. But, uh, well, I'm going to move to Trenton, New Jersey now because the Yankees organization wants me, and I'm going to go play for the Trenton Thunder now and not play for Greensboro Bats. Wow, that's like I'm spitting ball in some minor league baseball, which no one's probably ever done on a podcast. But um, even if you're not a baseball fan, I think you get my drift. Point being is this. The wrestlers did not back then really have a plethora of say in what would happen. The promoters, as much loyalty they had to each other Okay, they had the power over the wrestlers, and these wrestlers were not under contract. It was just like you, for the most part, and I'm sure here and there it happened where guys would jump a little bit here and there, but it was rare because you, you know, guy wrestlers always ran the risk of getting blackballed, um, and these promoters ran the risk of getting blackballed, so they did not want to step on each other's toes and disrespect each other, and that's how it was. I mean, for the most part, the wrestlers were doing okay financially from what my research shows and some of the guys I knew as I was a young wrestler that that lived through those times, but um, you know you, you you got you got moved around by what the promoters wanted to do. That's more or less what it was. Um, you didn't have a, a plethora of protection at all for your family or your career or nothing. Um, the other thing was that made it very difficult. There was no a lot of them did not have national TV. They had if they had TV. It was all regional TV, and so so they just ran in that area that the promotion was ran. So, um, and some of the more successful ones, like like Memphis, like Jerry Lawler and and Jeff Jarrett's dad, Jerry Jarrett ran you know ran ran the Memphis territory and did an amazing job with it, and it was great. and 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 those guys made good money, and they worked, you know, in in Memphis and Jonesboro, Arkansas, and and uh, you know, and they worked all different areas throughout Tennessee and that whole part of the South. And they had awesome TV and put on some awesome TV shows. But it was regional TV. You know, just like when Jim Cornette, he was one of the last of the territories, even though some say ECW was a territory that was the last, last. I, I don't know. And I was there for that. I I, I, I guess I, I could see that point. But we ended up getting some a good amount of TV all over the country. Um, but back to like um, I'm saying was the TV thing in the early, like I said, the 70s and stuff like that, these guys didn't have national TV and cable TV and stuff like that, syndication. They, that they, None of these promotions really had that, you know, so uh, which Vince McMahon Jr. changed, and which a lot of you know, and I'll get into that in a second. So, you know, the thing was the loyalty amongst these promoters that, that ran these territories, and when a guy got stale, they moved on. Now, he Could get stale because there was no storylines, you know, for the most part, because there was no real TV to push a storyline. It was just guys going in having good matches and having wrestling matches and cutting a promo here and there, and there was no real depth in creativity of stories. That's not a disrespect towards any of those people that came before me, promoters or wrestlers. It's just, it just really wasn't done for the most part. Now, but I should say, like, um, some did do. Simplistic good stories, and then a guy would overstay his not overstay his welcome, just kind of run his his his, his, his run his his run and be gone, and because it gets out to the point where it was enough, and they do a loser leave town, they leave the town and go to the next town. You know that's how it worked, but you know territories like Portland or Memphis, like I said, you know you know uh, in Florida, you know, like in, in Tampa, there, they, they did some great storylines in regional TV for regional TV. No doubt. I mean, Memphis, especially. They did some stuff that was amazing. I mean, and and so did like Texas. You know, with the Von Erics They did a lot of great stuff in that Dallas area, there, the Metroplex area. So uh, and and the regional TVs and stuff like that. Tons of good stuff. It's just the masses weren't seeing it because it just you know that's just not that's just the way it was back then. You know. Um. Uh, before I continue, guys, let me give you a quick hit on. Support for The tax Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that the home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you that confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And it's simple, guys, allowing you to fully understand all the details to be confident when you're getting the right mortgage for you. Okay, and you guys know the deal. Rocket Mortgage has their trusted partners that you could share your financial information. And with Rocket Mortgage by a touch of a button, you're protected, you're safe, and and, and it, you can't go wrong. It's simple. They keep it extremely simple. So Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans applies simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, org number 3030. That's a Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. So um the 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 thing was this loyalty amongst these promoters and where the wrestlers kind of just got moved around and and it was just if they did have t v it was regional um it it made it simple for these promoters to to bounce the talent from different towns to towns over whatever six months seven months a year whatever the heck it was um and they they would it would basically you know it would keep their rosters fresh all the time. Therefore, from a creative standpoint, these regional promotions, these these territories, they really didn't have to be super deep with storylines because they didn't have the TV penetration to do that anyway. And they didn't have writers. There was no writers. It was a booker. And and there was no agents in the back, like producers with the wrestlers. There was none of that. You know, there was there was a booker who said, okay, you're up, you're down. That means you win, you lose. Okay, well, yeah, we're gonna we want to build up for the next three weeks and go to a main event with you in a cage against this guy. That's how it was done. It was really that simple. And and, and dude, I'm a fan of that. I'm not I'm not knocking that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm just saying the way it was done. Um, so, Vince McMahon Jr., the current Vince, um, had a completely different vision, a completely different vision, and well. He went a whole other level when he took over in 1982 and uh, and acquired the whole, you know, whole WWF from his dad. Um, so, uh, you know, look, um, a lot of people hated Vince McMahon Jr. because he basically took this whole model of the old school wrestling type of uh, uh, the unspoken rules and basically went to another level and just barreled over all of that and didn't care and would grab talent, or you want to call it poach or raid talent, whatever you want to call it, because he started pumping, Vince started pumping, you know, uh, Bitcoin into the production values uh, of, of putting wrestling on TV and getting uh, a legitimate, uh, uh, you know, getting a legitimate national TV, you know, uh, with cable TV where he was getting money, and he could uh, pump more money, I should say, into production, so it was a bigger show, and got very creative with storylines and with the caricatures, The characters in the ring, he made it like, wow, I really want to watch this stuff on television. This is so different. It's cool. Yeah, it looks like it's a work. That's cool. But you know what? These guys are cool to watch wrestle. This is pretty wild, and it's on national TV, national cable, you know. So, and at the time, you know, WWF, it was the only uh you know basically only only wrestling promotion on national tv you know in that era during that era so uh, he took it from being in smoke-filled VFW halls or gymnasiums and and put it on you know in a, in a bigger building and it could be seen on national tv now some of what where Vince ran was not always these big big buildings back in the day he was smart he started off you know he crawled before he he jogged and then he jogged before he sprinted you know, that, that's what Vince did because he was running in towns, because I wrestled in some of the towns years later for other promotions, like Allentown, Pennsylvania, or like in Hamburg, Pennsylvania, like the Hamburg Fieldhouse, like buildings like that that were smaller little arenas that were tiny, but you know, had great acoustics in the building. So it sounded louder than 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 more it, it sounded like there was more people that, that, that there was. It was very cool. The buildings they ran, they did a lot of their TVs there. And he would save money uh by by shooting tons of TV right there. You know, meaning tons. When I say tons of TV, I mean many weeks of TV. You know, so he could just then produce it and do the editing. And um and Kevin Dunn, who is the senior executive, you know, guy in charge of everything for WWE, as you guys know who he is, his name, his dad worked. Uh, uh, for Vince senior and and then uh and then it segued into Kevin you know Kevin Dunn coming in after his dad his dad's name was Dennis Dunn so he was involved with a bunch of he was in charge of the production Dunn's dad so there's a lot of history there with Vince and Kevin Dunn you know what i mean from back in the day that you know that's <laughs> they came up together you know so it's a very interesting uh, world there uh, behind the scenes, but um, uh, but the production end of it was huge, because that's what you were not seeing during that era on television as regard to wrestling. Because, like I said, it was mostly just regional, you know. And Vince, he you know he ended up pissing off of just all of these these local promoters, these regional promoters, because he was just the wrestlers were like, yo, you know what? I, I got an opportunity to go and make like real money and be seen all over the United States and not just be regional. Um, you know, this is pretty cool. I'm going from, you know, being small time to the Vince Sr.'s son, Vince Jr., took over in New York and he's blowing this thing up and I got a chance to wrestle for them? Hey, I'm in. You can't blame, you couldn't blame those wrestlers back then. How could you? How could you? They were trying to do the best for their family and for their careers. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, wrestling was not uh, as popular as it is today, and the, it wasn't all this money behind it. And then Vince was bringing more awareness to the industry, to the sport, or the sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, um, by putting it on bigger TV. So where those smaller promotions didn't have that ability or creativity or money, Vince McMahon Jr., the current Vince, did not, you know. This guy wasn't born with a silver, spoon, a silver spoon in his mouth. You guys know that. He, he was born, he was brought up in, in a little little area in North Carolina, lived in a trailer park as a kid. You know, he just, you know, this guy, his it wasn't like Vince McMahon Sr. was rolling in the dough. I mean, those promoters were making decent money, but they weren't millionaires. I mean, none of them, including Vince Sr., you know? So this is not a guy who, Vince Jr., this Vince, who, who, who was born with this silver spoon in his mouth, no. No, he earned it, you know. And then, and then as he got a little older, and he him and Linda got married, and they they put a lot of money, a lot of money into this. Once he took over in 1982 for his dad, a lot of money into it, and he had he had a lot of pitfalls. He had, you know, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. You know what I mean? But but the quote that I read at the top of this podcast about Vince McMahon saying that about his dad—that if his dad knew that that he was going to blow up wrestling like he did—I don't think it's—I don't think Vince means. His dad never would have sold the stock to him if 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 he'd known that junior was was going to blow up the business like this. I don't think that's what Vince means. I think junior I think junior means senior would have been pissed about you know getting all that heat and breaking the code with those other promoters and and uh, raiding talent in locker rooms and and offering opportunities to wrestlers that these other local regional promotions couldn't do. That's what I think. Vince um, means so all that being said just a little backstory I just gave you there all of that being said you know um, what uh, what would happen to going back to the question I posed at the top of this what would happen if Vince Jr. did not take this thing over in 82 what would happen well I I think the wrestling business would probably be around but very very minimal like I think you, it would not be there never would be Monday night Wars that never would have happened I I bluntly say that I don't think there ever would have been a a a WCW um there would have been an ECW <laughs> that I think the business would have changed there definitely wouldn't be any of these current cool promotions that you guys know and love there would have been a new Japan that I could tell you, because the, the Vince, whatever Vince did or didn't do, really didn't affect all Japan or New Japan back in the day. There would have been that, yes, um, but I don't think that I don't think that the, some of the cool stuff we've seen in, in North America with wrestling would have happened. Um, and I don't think there'd be t- to this if Vince did not take it over, Vince Jr., he probably wouldn't be in the wrestling industry. Vince Jr., you know the current Vince McMahon is, is very responsible for uh, immensely, not very. That's an understatement. He's immensely responsible for the success of of wrestling, of sports entertainment. There's, there's no doubt about it. No doubt. That's a hill you got to die on as a wrestling fan. If someone says, "Ah, Vince McMahon's a schmuck," you don't know nothing. He's a greedy billionaire. No, 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 no. No, he's passionate about making money. No doubt but he's also, and I can tell you from working with the man for a lot of years, he's passionate about the wrestling industry. And hence why he took it to another level. Hence why he took it out of those smoke-filled high school gyms. Because he had a bigger vision. And he put a lot of money on the line that him and his wife really didn't have and and loans and all this stuff and took a shot on something called WrestleMania 1 and it clicked. And, and it wasn't just on autopilot after that, you know he, he you know it took a while. but to his credit, you know, by 1988, I was reading this uh I read this I don't know, a couple of weeks ago somewhere I don't remember where by 1988, I remember seeing this Vince jr it, it was was worth roughly around 100 million dollars. So just imagine how he just pole vaulted that success over a few years by taking over uh, the regional promotion you know, in 1982, it's just, it's, it's it's crazy, if you think about that, just crazy, in under 10 years, he blew it up, now, in those you know, seven, eight, eight, nine years, there was probably a lot of struggles and strains and stress for him and Linda and his family and stuff like that, but, I mean, that's amazing, uh, that is amazing, when I read that, I was like, wow, that's crazy, so, and uh, I, Vince is definitely a billionaire now. So, and he's worked his ass off for it. I, I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. But if he didn't get involved and did not, you know, uh, take over the company in 1982, I really think that, uh, geez, it's kind of weird. But I, I might not even be talking to you right now. I I might not be where I. I believe in that tree. That's all the connectivity, you know. And I, I believe in that. And I I I, I probably wouldn't have. You know, because my success came from ECW and my my success came from breaking in, um, you know, by a guy that was in those territories and that worked for Vince Senior, Senior, in, in a guy named the unpredictable Johnny Rods. So Johnny was wrestling, still wrestling, and, and Johnny's success, if you feel he had success, which I do think he had success, uh, came from Vince McMahon, you know, Senior, because he had so much opportunity, and then Vince... Junior inherited some of the guys, and Johnny was not a big push star, as you guys know, but he was always a respected talent in the ring, and, a, and a, a tremendous, great worker, and an excellent trainer. Obviously, and I, I'm, I'm I, uh, you know, I uh, respect the training he gave me, uh, the physical end of it, and stuff like that. So I really learned how to take care of myself in the ring and know what I'm doing. But I digress. But the thing is, I probably wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for Vince McMahon doing what he did in 1982. And there would not be something called WrestleMania, guys. WWE Network that you guys might love so much—that would be no such thing as that. <laughs> think about it. Would there be somebody called The Rock? Would there be The Undertaker? Would there be a guy named Stone Cold Steve Austin? Ah, I don't know. Probably not. So it's kind of crazy, you know, if you think about that. You know, he took that thing over in 1982. And had a vision, and he pissed off a bunch of wrestling promoters, probably some wrestlers too, uh, probably some wrestling fans also, and and did something that's extremely ballsy, big ball Jones, and he basically raided and 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 talent and all this stuff, and started giving guys contracts and trying to give them you know bigger money, um, you know to keep them. You know, and uh, and and keep keep them away from those smaller territories uh, for bigger coin. You know, and that's just the the ruthlessness of of business. That's just the that's just how it is. Uh, and 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 if Vince didn't do that, pfft, dude, like I'm saying, we wouldn't even be sitting here. You know, <laughs> talking about this right now. We wouldn't be. I I probably wouldn't be. Like I'm saying, I probably wouldn't even be. Uh, I probably wouldn't even be here I, you know. When I started doing this podcast today I didn't even think of that part That's like kind of freaky Freaky Jones as they would say So uh, before I go to break I want to talk to you about something very important though And then uh, talk about what we're going to do On the other side of uh, the break Because uh, it, uh, it is important So um, you know If you use any of these excuses guys Like you put yourself at risk Or injury or death And what I'm talking about is There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. Okay, cops are are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing, start buckling up every trip, day or night. Okay, you you, you don't don't lock in these excuses in your head like I'm not going very far, or ah they're uncomfortable to wear, or ah sometimes I forget to you know to put the seatbelt on. uh, I'm in a rush. I don't have no time. I'm only driving a couple of miles. It's no big deal. Man, I'm just—I live around a block. It's no problem. Man, guys, it doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of accidents. I—I th- I remember the number, but I think there's like a, s- some of the stats show that some of the, the, the higher numbers are like within five miles of your home. Bottom line is, you know, you, you have to put your seatbelt on. Okay, you have to buckle up. Click it or ticket, it, guys. It's that simple. Like I said, cops are waiting and writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Guys, that's vital. It's very important. So, okay, before we go to the break, just let you know, we're going to talk about that stuff, like I said, about some of the new promotions in wrestling, and, uh, and, and talk to you about the Twitter poll that we put out there in regards to these wrestling promotions, and let's see what we got, and let's talk about like which promotion could maybe make some noise like vincent man jr did in 1982 so Tash, show sit tight be right back kids guys, we're back here on the Taz Show. Yes, uh, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about what if Vince McMahon did not take over the promotion from his dad in 1982 and blow it up like it did. And, well, I kind of came to that conclusion that, that at the end of that first segment that I just recorded here and did hear from you guys, that I probably wouldn't be here. <laughs> and that there'd be no, no Monday Night Wars and none of these big name wrestlers like Steve Austin and The Rock and Triple H and... The Undertaker and all these people, and Kurt Angle, uh, Wrestlemania, no, 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 it wouldn't be around, uh, but anyway, so, um, um, and we're going to get in talking about some of uh, your favorite because uh, I went on social media and checked it out and put up polls and stuff like that, your favorite wrestling promotion besides WWE or NXT and who you feel uh, can really kind of flourish without if WWE was in the picture. But uh, let me tell you first, that support for the Tasha comes from my friends at Rock and Mortgage by and Loans. See, Rock and Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying your home or refinancing your existing home loan, and it's simple, guys. You know that. Okay, it's simple, and with their trusted partners, it allows you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you're getting the right solution You know, for you and or your family. So it's very important. I'm telling you as a homeowner, it's vital. It's vital to make sure you're doing it right. Rocket Mortgage by Quick Loans protection of that. And you guys know, the best part of it is not only is it accurate, perfect, and it works great, but it's it's simple, and it's, uh, uh, well, that's why they say, right? Rocket Mortgage by Quicker Loans. Apply simple. Understand fully. That's the key. Understand fully, right? Mortgage confidently. And to get started, all you got to do is this. Go to rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. And number, consumeraccess.org number 3030. So, there you go. So, um... So, yeah, so we were talking about that, uh, about wrestling promotions. That's what I want to talk about, I should say, in this, this deal here right now. Um, it's kind of a good off of what we were just talking about with WWE and if Vince McMahon Jr. did not take over for his dad. Um, you know, so what happens, like, if today, like, what promotions would you look at? Um, well, besides the fact that which ones are your favorite ones, but which promotions do you – and which ones do you think are the best promotions, but which one, like – i kind of feel like you as an audience you as the true wrestling fan no matter if you're a casual fan or a hardcore fan you know you guys have your finger on the pulse of what works what doesn't in regards to wrestling promotions because you guys are the the consumer you you you're the paying customer you're the fans um so i that's why i put it out there i wanted to see what you guys thought and i always think about that like um there's so many really cool independent wrestling promotions right now that are out in the world and have been around for several years, not a new thing here. that And and they're getting better and better, these promotions. And I think some of it is because technology is getting better and, and these people that are running these these smaller promotions are getting smarter. And what I'm talking about is like streaming, right? So you don't need, like I've talked about this in the past here on this podcast, on, on the Taz show, you don't need TV deals anymore. Okay, sure, you get real money from TV deals, like you know, but you you don't need to pump your product out there. You could, st- I should say. Let me rephrase that. You still can get your product out there, your wrestling product out there, without a TV deal. I remember coming up and during the, the bulk of my career, the end all be all was freaking TV deals. I know during ECW before we got real TV and stuff like that, man. Yo, if there was streaming platforms and and you could, you know. Have a subscription base or something like that, or behind a subscription wall, or and stream ret- the wrestling that you're putting out there. God, Paul Heyman would have been all over that shiznit. I'll tell you that. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> He'd been all over that, and rightfully so. Um, because you, you got less rules on you, too. I mean, it's not like you're on TV, so you could kind of do whatever you want in, in essence. But the thing is, there's a lot of really good promotions from, from, you know, you've seen the success of TNA, which is now different people running it and it's Impact Wrestling and Toronto-based type thing to to Pro Wrestling Gorilla, to Ring of Honor to, to Progress in the UK or MLW has got a TV deal and, you know, the uh, Lucha Underground, you know, what do you consider them? I mean, because they do it's like seasonal, seasonal stuff on TV on, on El Rey Network, which I'm a big fan of what Lucha Underground does. It's very cool, that Lucha-based feel out of Los Angeles. But, they, you know... I don't know if that's a promotion per se. It's more of a TV show, but I, you could throw it in there for, for, for hits and giggles. The thing is, with all these cool promotions, it's almost like a feel, right? Like it was back in the day, but not regional. So the thing is, like there was all these cool, smaller promotions, and there was no big, big dog at that time. You no, know, So if it was... Yeah yeah like if it was like I was saying before like if it was Georgia Championship wrestling or Florida Championship wrestling or in Texas or or AWA well before it was AWA but what Gagne was doing in Minneapolis or like Portland was hot you know what I mean or Vince senior was doing in New York you know all that stuff man it was like okay or, or of course you know the Crockett's in the Carolinas uh, you know uh, 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 Bill Watts, I should have mentioned Bill in the first, Bill Watts in the first segment, Mid-South, stuff like that, man. It, I don't know why I just drew a blank on Bill Watts and, and Mid-South and, and when I talked earlier about territories, so I apologize to any fans of that, because I, I was a fan of that, but the thing is there was all of these really cool promotions, but there was no like big, big dog like there is now with WWE. Um, it's just cool though now, if you think about it, all these other territories, they're called indies, but they're territories, but are they? See, because you really can't call them territories, I guess, because, and no one calls them territories, the younger fans, you newer fans, um, because it's a territory is like an, an area. Well, it's not. The Ring of Honor is bigger than an area. They have TV or, um, you know, uh, if... Um, <laughs> If you have a promotion that's pumping stuff out on on a street like Progress, they they stream, Progress Wrestling streams their stuff, or and you you know so it it it's not a territory. That's what I mean. If you have TV, it's not a territory. If you're streaming, it's not a territory. It's a bigger it's a bigger reach. You're spreading out your reach more. So so I guess that's why folks don't call it territories. But I guess the old school of me thinks of it like that. But it's kind of cool because. um, these guys and girls are getting a chance to apply their craft. And, and, and nevertheless, which I haven't even mentioned the words yet in this podcast, social media. You know, back in the day when Vince Jr. took over his dad and, and all the or before that, when all those those promotions were running, um, you know, they were running uh, regional regional stuff and doing shooting TV in a, in a news newsroom studio um, and just working in a couple of states. And it was all regional TV. You know, there was no social media. So no one knew who these guys and girls were that were wrestling until they came to their town. There was just no awareness of it. Nobody knew who they were. Um, Obviously that changed with TV and which evolved into, you know, as a society in the world with social media now, it's just too big. It's freaking annoying and I kind of wish it was gone. Uh, But social media is utilized by all of these promotions, these wrestling promotions today, including WWE, obviously. And... And you could stream stuff and through there on on Twitter or Instagram or stuff like that. Or so there's so much that these these the Ring of Honor's of the world or Impact or or you know even New Japan who's been around for, for decades upon decades and they've obviously evolved and grew and are smart the way they pump their stuff out on social media or stream it online just like WWE. But the cool thing is is for these smaller promotions that. You know, it almost feels like, wow, there are other options, and we've talked about Let me rephrase that. It doesn't almost feel like there's other places for wrestlers to work besides WWE. There are a plethora of places for wrestlers to work besides WWE and make very, very good money, which I've talked about a ton on this show in the past. So, um... Looking at like the poll we put up at my Twitter account at Official Taz, the question was next. Excluding WWE slash NXT, your favorite or what you think the best wrestling promotion is, basically. And um we put on it only could fit four on the poll. Others would be like Progress or LU, which is Lucha Underground, or Major League, you know, MLW, or another. Maybe you have another one. So the poll options on the four were ROH, which is Ring of Honor, PWG, which is Pro Wrestling Guerrilla uh, out of California, Impact Wrestling, and IWGP, which for those that don't know, that's New Japan, okay? So in regards to that poll, uh, as I'm doing this right now, there's, there's just about 1,500 people who voted. The poll's only been up about an hour um, so a lot of people voted 47 say Ring of Honor, so that's winning. Second place is New Japan at 35 percent, Impact is 13 percent, and Pro Wrestling Gorilla is five percent. That surprises me. That surprises me. I gotta be, I was surprised, but they, I guess, would be looked at more of I guess because they just I, I, I don't watch their stuff all the time, so pardon my ignorance, I apologize, but I know they're. The bulk of the stuff they do, from what I understand, is done in California and that Los Angeles area, I believe. So I I guess that would make it feel more uh, regional, but they definitely have a niche audience for sure, Um, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I I come from a place called ECW that was a a niche audience uh, or niche, whatever the word is, niche, niche, niche. So yeah, so I, I I do get that. Um but I, I do think that just not to get into the whole thing talking about PWG, I do think that if they wanted to, they probably could blow this thing up more than they're doing. Um with their website. They could probably do more with their website. I've been on it several times. It's it's not the greatest site in the world, and I kinda think that's their bit, that's their gimmick. They're kinda they're kinda just there's nothing crazy fancy here. What they do—that's—but except for their in-ring product—is off the chain phenomenal. They bring in some some of the better talent in the world today, and they kick ass, dude. Yo, their their talent is great. they the the booking is excellent on the matches. Uh, what they do do a good job of—I've I've, I've seen in the past—is their DVD catalog, um, where they're still pumping you know Blu-ray, you know DVD and stuff like that. They do that. Uh, and they push that hard. They do that right. Um, you know, as far as. Uh, if you want to buy all that stuff and their YouTube channel, you know I know they do a, a pretty good job with that too, um and they get a, a, you know a lot of views on there and stuff like that. And so, so for that, you know, um what was it? I think I was I was on their YouTube channel. Well, it was probably about a week or so ago, and I don't know what I went on there for. I was watching a match, and I can't remember what the hell it was. And they had about maybe 40 to about 50,000 subscribers, if my memory serves me. I'm not on the internet right now, so I can't check it for you. But, you know, the matches are done. It's not like when you watch PWG, it's very just nuts and bolts. The ring is not, you know... um, The ring looks awesome. It's a cable ring, an 18-foot ring, and they're in, I don't know where they do it. It's like a little ballroom, a little room, and it's not like fancy lighting. It's not, uh, there's nothing around. There's no like fancy logos. It's just in your face, uh, and there's just maybe a few hundred people sitting around the ring. But the matches are insanely phenomenal and athletic. I mean, the Young Bucks have done a lot of work with them and do a great job with them. Uh, they bring a lot of different talent in. I'm a fan. I, I really am. I, I I think they do an excellent job, PWG. But I probably went a little longer about PWG than I was looking to do. But it just was interesting to me that on the poll we put up that they were last. But maybe a lot of fans aren't too familiar with them. And, and speaking of that, like I'll read a couple of, of tweets from some of you guys. Like here, uh, at, at Real Jeff's Domain, he said, unfortunately, I'm not familiar with any of them. Okay, so see. So Jeff is, sound, I don't know Jeff, but it sounds like he's just a straight WWE fan, which is the way it goes. Um, it's just the way it goes. I mean, it, if that's how someone is and that's all they care about, or that's all they know about, so be it. Or maybe they got turned off or don't care about anything else. They want to watch the quote-unquote big time, and that's what they're going to watch. Um, to each his own. I mean, who, who's, who Who are we or anybody to say what someone should or shouldn't watch? At I like Brendan said uh, at this is progress for sure, so he 's a progress fan. They do an excellent job, and I think they have a subscription wall and they do a great job with the stuff they do there in the u k um, Those guys work hard they 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 do pretty decent booking um, they do a good job, so progress is something that definitely does an awesome job. Ah, la, 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 at uh, Heel Turn Swaggy, Shaggy, I should say, at Heel Turn Shaggy, tremendous name, by the way, IWGP is the governing body, and New Japan uh, is the wrestling promotion. I guess he's educating me. Uh, Thank you, sir. I worked for them and had a contract with them uh, years ago uh, for many, uh, several trips, I should say. But Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> Tremendous. Um yeah, so there's a lot of different I mean tons of you guys are are writing here. Uh speaking of NJPW, um uh at Trippin' Lizard uh said uh, NJPW is the hottest non wwe promotion. Um Dan Perez at DefCon Dan78 said uh Lucha uh, by far, uh, by far at times better than WWE NXT uh or Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. So he's a lucha fan, um, you know. So there's a lot of different, uh, a, a lot of different people here. Um, at Mayu underscore Alex said ROH. So he's a Ring of Honor fan. So you know, it, it, there's there's a lot of options for you guys. A lot of options for you guys for sure, um, which is cool as wrestling fans and because of modern technology and social media, you guys. Get a chance to not live in a world of the wrestling territories in this 1970s, where you could you don't have to live in a certain area to see a good match or even know that that guy existed. Now, because of the power of the internet and and social media and all these wrestling promotions having different streaming options, where you either could pay for it or get it for free or whatever whatever it is, you know, great. I mean, uh, Ring of Honor, I, I would say is you know obviously has been around a lot of years. And they do tremendous stuff and have arguably probably one of the better rosters in professional wrestling and they've prided themselves on always having great talent. And they still do. And and uh and the hottest name out there and and is is Cody Rhodes for sure and, and he's with them and does great work with them and Marty Scroll and and uh, uh, uh Nick and uh, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, as I mentioned earlier, with, with PWG, and they're they're part of the whole thing there. I mean, it with uh, Ring of Honor. I mean, it's just there's there's so much talent with Ring of Honor. They do so much great stuff. I mean, it, it's 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 nuts. I mean, looking at their website, it's like I was checking it before the show. I mean, some some of the better guys in the business that. Either had great success wherever, or like TNA. Like I'm looking at like, uh, like uh, Alex Shelley, Alex Shelley, one of the better talents you're gonna find in the business, and he's been around several years. But he could go. He's part of that deal. Uh, um, Ch- Red Titus, tremendous talent. You can go on and on. Uh, Osprey, Will Osprey, doing a lot of work with them. Tremendous talent from UK. I mean, tons of guy. A guy that I that came through my finishing school uh, several years back. Will Ferrara. A tremendous talent. Very happy and proud of Will, what he's done with his career and how good he's doing. Um, You know, Ring of Honor is just, to me, loaded, loaded um, and always has been and and has done a great job with with making sure they get that rep of talent that can straight up go. Kenny King, I don't know if I mentioned my man Kenny. Tremendous, tremendous talent. Guy I respect immensely, a friend of mine. Uh, Cole Cabana. I mean, there's there's the the Briscoes. I mean, geez, it goes on and on. Jay Lethal. Oh, my homie Jay Lethal. Love Jay Lethal. So there's just so much talent Ring of Honor. Um, Cannot go wrong with them. So these promotions, there's, there's, like I said, a lot of options. I was watching MLW. I told you guys this on on their TV, Beyond, Being, Beyond, whatever that that network is they're on. And they had a couple of young guys in the ring that were real good. Then Then they... they had a couple young guys in the ring that were really bad, without naming names, and that, that kind of sets back the promotion. they got to be careful of that. When you watch Ring of Honor, that doesn't happen. You watch Lucha Underground, that don't happen. Uh, you know, New Japan, you can't even mention because they've been around forever, so it's almost unfair to say that because they always have great matches. But, you know, Progress, them too, they always have great matches. So MLW, you got to figure it out. You can't have guys there that can't go. And that's, that's important. Uh, And I'm not taking a shot. I'm just being honest. I mean, I liked what I I saw for the most part. But you need to make sure you put product in the ring, no matter how good your lighting is or bad it is or your videos or your lower third graphics or your music or your announcing. You know, if your in-ring product sucks... Or you have one or two like really really bad matches, and you're new with the, you're new with TV or newer with TV. You got to be careful of that. You got to make sure you're putting the right talent in the ring. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get into details because I saw a match on the MLW that I was like, wow, this is bad, bad, bad. And I, you know, I I felt bad for the promotion. So you got to be careful of that. You know. So uh, uh, I'm not looking to do a whole lecture here and rip people. That's not my gimmick. You guys know that, but. I just kind of got sidetracked on that, but um, you know, there's there's a lot of options, and 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 I want like who's the best? I don't know. So it's like out of excluding WWE and NXT, I guess it's all subjective. It's all everyone has different points of views. But I don't know, it's an interesting topic, and 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 I just thought I'd share some of my thoughts for a few minutes with you guys in this particular podcast. So I appreciate you guys though listening in for sure, and downloading this uh, and taking the time to listen to me uh, chat it up a little bit. Much appreciated. Uh, also guys uh, we're gonna pump out an email address soon um, where if you guys want to have any Q and a or suggestions or whatever and and we'll shout you out um, and you guys could could pump stuff to that'll we'll, we'll post it out either I'll tweet it or we'll say it on the podcast or something we'll get it out there that's coming soon so to get you guys involved uh, like we've always done here like i've always done with my content so all right guys i appreciate it. i'll be back at you uh, during the weekend with another podcast i'm taz you not thanks again guys take care and to be honest i don't even have a top 10 me against the world i've been doing what i really love haters been hiding behind the screen man they and when i'm back at home it never feels the same cause we've been doing our own thing trying to stay up i want to go back to days with no grades we ordered the kids meal play ball this all day now i'm stuck looking at this instagram page but these likes on my